Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the Word. Tonight, thank you for the power, and thank you, therefore, for the blessing. Thank you for empowerment by the Holy Spirit, with strength in the inner man, and the eyes of our understanding being enlightened by the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, may you be blessed forevermore. You are glorious and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All God's people said. Well, let's just see. This morning, we were preaching. Or were we preaching? We were talking. What did we start off with? Of course, you know. All of you know. It's Psalm 110, verse 3, that says these words. It says, your people will be willing in the day of your power. Right? The word willing is quite an amazing thing because it really speaks of people. We looked at that in accordance with the Hebrew uh, like they will be free willing to do anything what is necessary for God. Also, they'd be generous. They'd be bringing gifts to God. They would be free willing in their service of the Lord. Your people will be willing in the day of your power. Now that word there, the word power in the Old Testament is an all-inclusive word. Then Jesus, I took you to... Um, Let's go there now in Isaiah 61 and across into the New Testament in Luke chapter number 4 and verse 18, where the Lord Jesus says, he reads from Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do, to preach the gospel to the poor and so on and so forth. Then he goes along and he says these words, having been anointed by the Holy Spirit in the Jordan Valley, Right there in the Jordan River at Beit Avara, just across from Jericho, is the baptismal site of Jesus. The Spirit of God comes in and comes upon him, and he hears the voice of the Lord, the people there at the time. This is my beloved Son, in whom I have much pleasure, much delight. And so, of course, the story continues. I then took you further with the Lord Jesus, and we paged on to Acts chapter number 1 and verse 8. But you shall be received power. You will receive power when the Spirit of God comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. Again, the word power comes in there. Now in the Greek, it's like a, it's like a fork with many avenues to go to. It's like a major intersection because there are more than one word for power. And it describes many things. But among all those things, there is a major blessing because you cannot separate the power of God from God Himself. You can't separ separate the power of God from the Holy Spirit. I took you on to um, the book of Acts chapter number 4 and verse 31. And we read there from the 15th verse, I started quoting portions of that scripture for you. And uh, we see how they were all praying in one accord in Jerusalem, having been threatened by the Jews those days of the early church. They called upon the name of the Lord. They prayed, and God answered. 
and the place where they were gathered together, Acts chapter number four, from verse 15 and on, they said these words, now Lord, now look and behold their threats and grant unto your servants that with great boldness they could speak your word. Well, it happened. The place where they were gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it goes on and says, now with great, again, that word power, the Holy Spirit gave witness to the works of the apostles. The apostles bore witness or gave witness with great power. And there were miracles, there were signs, there were wonders. I want to tell you today, with no hesitation, with no doubt, not even a billionth of a percentage of, no, not even infinitely smallest particle of doubt. I have no doubt about that. That this book is so powerful, if only people can realize that. I look at these things going on in the world and I'm thinking, here we are, the, the disciples, they define what is a miracle. The word miracle is simply this. It is when God um, goes above the normal laws of creation, like you would have the law of gravity. He walks on the water. He goes over the stormy waters. There are, a miracle is a temporary cessation of the normal faculties, the normal um, can I say laws of nature? I've seen legs grow. I've seen blind eyes that could see. I've seen deaf ears that could hear. I've seen cancers. I've seen people literally dead that came back to life through the power of prayer. There is the power of prayer. So with great power, the apostles gave witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's the key. The moment the power came, they had to give, give witness because in righteousness, there's always fruitfulness. When you have righteousness, you become fruitful. You know, people are willing when the power of God's upon them. Now, I told you this morning, and for those of you that weren't here, I'm not gonna repeat all of that, but I spoke about my early life and my years of total ignorance. I didn't know anything of God going on in that book. I was reading it from my childhood, from the moment I could read, I was reading the Bible. Day after day, right through my school years, everywhere else, I always had a Bible with me. I had a Bible with me in the day I met Maud. The Bible has accompanied me all the years. But there came a day when God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And when He filled me with the Holy Spirit, you know, it, it, it changed religion to relationship with God. Because now God's for real. Now God is real. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So I began to pray. And I started praying for the power of God. I started praying all the time. It just never ended. And uh, I would go through the days, either read the Bible or pray. Every minute I could spare. In those days, I would go to work, like in, in the world when I still in working in the world system. I'd go to work, and then in lunchtime, I'd be praying. Or I would take a Bible and start reading whatever I could. And in the weekends, I would start on a Friday afternoon begin to fast, read the Bible the entire weekend, cross right through the New Testament one time. And I would do that over and over. So we would commission new Bibles through the years, just a new Bible every time. And we go through those Bibles, and I began to found, find out that it is absolutely amazing. I could tell you lots of stories about this tonight. But you know, I just want to say to you that I quite frankly cannot do without the power of God in my life. And neither could you. I said, neither could you. It's just like that. The power of God brings the blessing of God upon you. But it also brings fruitfulness. 
And as Lord would always say, then people begin to witness of Jesus. Now that's Acts chapter number one and verse number eight. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the uttermost parts of the earth, here in South Africa also. What will you do when the power of God comes upon you? You become a witness for Jesus. You begin saving souls. You witness and people give their lives to Jesus and everything changes. Now we began to pray in those days. We had hours and hours of prayer. And as I said this morning, just briefly this, I would match it up with, with uh, as fasting as much as I could. I remember in those days working, uh, I was administrative manager out there at the SABC over the regional radio stations at Radio 5. And uh, I'd finished university now, I was there. And uh, I remember that in those days, I would take every opportunity that I could get once I knew about Jesus and this Bible became reality to me. There was no time to waste. I would use every moment of, of prayer time I could get. And we began to pray. What did we pray for? For the power of God. I wanted the power of God on me because I knew there was a mission ahead of me. But I wanted the power of God on me because I wanted God to bless my family. I wanted the power of God on me because I want to have this this knowing within my heart that we as children of God do not have to fear, fear demonic forces. Now the Bible tells you about these things. The Bible says, it says, uh, for example, in uh, Ephesians 6 from verse number 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then it says, um, uh, it, it begins to talk about having done all to stand. Stand therefore, and then it talks about equipping yourself with the armor of God, with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, to gird your loins with the truth. You shut your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You take up the shield of faith wherewith you quench all the fiery darts of the enemy and the sword of the spirit of the word of God. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then Paul goes on in Ephesians 6, 18, says, and by the way, pray for me also. So all of these things take place. When you begin to pray and you really zone in on that thing, to me, prayer is not difficult. It's just a thing called discipline. The easiest way to do it is the way that Frank Lobach started. And he said, well, you know, he decided he's just going to pray one minute every day. Then he said, he's going to make two minutes. Then he prayed two minutes. Then he said, five minutes. He found five minutes very easy. Then he said, okay, I'll, I'll increase that to 10 minutes a day. And so ultimately, he would go all the time during the course of the day. He was so soaked in prayer. The man, he lived out there at the Philippines in the island in the south of the Philippines called Cagayan de Oro, the river of gold, Cagayan de Oro. And uh, I remember we went there to the place he was praying every morning. I got hold of his books, Frank Lobach and uh, Brother Lawrence, practicing the presence of God. We began to do that. We just prayed on. I mean, this church has been birthed, I said it so many times, altogether birthed out of prayer. And God answered. That's why we are here today. Not because of me, because of God. But we had to pray. For everything that you want in your future, you have to give birth for it, to it, by the spirit of prayer. And literally, as Paul the Apostle said, my little children for whom I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you. You have to pray it down. You have to pray the presence of God down. Well, of course, that also brings you to another point. 
And that is that in those early days, you know, I'm 75, nearly 76. Very soon I'll be 76. I, I, I remember those days that uh, the very first book after I gave my life to the Lord properly now, I remember so clear as yesterday. Somebody came to me and I don't even know who. It was one of those early Christians in my life. Said, here's a book you need to read this one called The Authority of the Believer. Well, it was the first one. Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen, The Authority of the Believer. I took that book and it's all about the power of Christianity. Just give me a moment, thank you. about the power of Christianity in the face of um, what the Bible clearly says in Ephesians chapter number 6. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers of the rulers of the doctors of this world and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies. Now I could quote that in Greek as well for you, but the fact is there are four categories of different call it echelons, call it battalions, whatever you want to call it by terminology, of demonic or categories of evil spirits. We are in constant battle with that. Now read the authority of the believer. I began to understand we've got power over the power of the enemy. You know, Jesus said in Luke 10 verse 19, he said, though I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That means all the power of the enemy. And from that moment in time, I was never worried again. If there'd be any form of a demonic manifestation, because we saw a lot of that also. We see that. If you get filled with the Spirit of God, you pray a lot, you get that all the time. So, you know, I, I, I just, you know, there was no fear in my life anymore for these things. And uh, I, I began to think, you know, it's like, why should one even be afraid of anything that is called demonic? There shouldn't be any fear for that. And I didn't have fear. Then I began to see visions because I prayed that much. And uh, I remember in these visions, I saw many things, which I can't get into now because the time's not going to allow me. I want to pray for the people. But I saw these forces of darkness at work. Then one day they came to me in the year of, uh, let me see, that was, let me just get this thing straight. That was 1986. See? I remember it was about April of that year. We were praying a lot then, and uh, I would just do Bible school. At that time, I was not running the church, so I just had the Bible school. He's teaching all the time and praying as much as I can, wherever I can get the opportunity. I remember them bringing a person in there. There was a, there was a pastor called Eric Fisser. I don't know how many of you can still remember Eric Fisser, but they brought a person in there who was an outright Satanist, he was so filled with demon spirits, I don't think he knew the difference between north and south. He just didn't know anything about what's going on in the natural world. He was actually extremely aggressive. And this man, he's not a very big man. He was not, I wouldn't call him big. But he was, he was young. He was, he was well strong. And a bunch of students got hold of him. And he was giving a whole big struggle with them and, and fighting them and, and uh, they were holding him down. Take several men to take one of those and keep them down. So 
They said to me, Pastor Harold, there's, there's a person there. He's in the, he's in the prayer, prayer room. We had a, a soundproof prayer room out there in Lindhaven. He said, there's that man there. So I said, now what's going on? He said, no, he's, he's, he's one of those people that have really been so intoxicated in his life with demonic forces. Hey, Infested, says my wife. Well, intoxicated and infested. They would both work there. Amen. When you get infested, you become intoxicated also. Well, he had the whole lot and addicted, if you like, and whatever else, and twisted, altogether twisted. So this aggressive character, uh, he, he, he was in the prayer room. They called me and I went into that prayer room. Now, when they saw me coming in, they immediately said, Pastor, just stay at a distance. We're holding him down. Now, I had no business with holding him down. So I came up to them and I said, let him go. And they said, Pastor, we can't let him go. He's going to jump you. He's going to go for you. I said, let him go. They looked at me. I said, let him go. Now, in the meantime, I'd done my business, the business of prayer. In the meantime, I understood the authority of the believer. I fairly well knew there was nothing to it because Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Not some power, all the power of the enemy. Give the Lord a praise after everybody. Amen. So I said, let him go. Just let him go. So of course they stand back, they let loose of his arms and everything else. And uh, some were holding his legs and, and whatnot. And uh, he immediately jumped towards me. And he came, now if, if I take this microphone here, and I can't lift this thing out so easily because I think it's pretty tight. Okay. But if it is like that, his hands got about that close to my, to my throat. He'd, he hurled forward and then suddenly in the air, he stopped like that. He was about that far from my throat. He couldn't get to my throat. He just, he was just doing that and again doing and again trying. And again, he couldn't get to my throat. See, give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. I said, devil, you're a liar, a liar. Come out of this man in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you understand the authority and the power of God that's in the Christian church, Christians do not even have an idea of how much power God has invested and released into the body of Christ upon this planet. One day in the great awakening, in the final revival, Christians are going to go around and they're going to do signs and miracles to the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. There's only one name under heaven by which a man can be saved. That's the name of Jesus Christ. Give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, he went down. Just the power of God just hit him down and he was struggling on the floor and I just walked out. That was the end of that story. And we had many more of such that took place through the years. I would always and always know that we have that authority, we have that power over these things. They have no power. And if you understand your power in Christ Jesus and the blessing of the Lord is upon you and you've received power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, not only will you be a witness by extension, bringing in souls for Jesus Christ, but also you will walk with boldness and they preach the Word of God boldly.
Acts chapter number 4. With boldness they began to speak of Jesus. Now I don't know what's happened in the meantime. But many Christians don't even know about these things. Now I think many times I think they don't read the Bible. Because it's in the scripture. I mean you read the Bible, it's there. I remember those days. I see now Jeanette sitting there. Remember that little hut there behind the big tent? Jeanette and a whole bunch of ladies went in there. They were intercessors. While I am preaching, they're doing intercession. And the power of God comes down inside the church. These women knew the business of prayer. Jeanette Brill is still in the church after all of these years. Give the Lord a praise offering for faithful people. Faithful and loyal people. We are not opportunists. We're not just coming in and going again. We stay in the house of God. This is where we get our protection. This is where God blesses us. This is where we pray and we see results. This is where we see lives change. And people change. Soon after that, I began to realize that God was manifesting in many, many ways. I remember one day they brought me a little boy. He was so squint. I felt sorry for him. His eyes were completely crossed over. He was so squint. And uh, those early years, I looked at that, but it was like, okay, but this is a small thing for God. They could do nothing about that, but this is a small thing for God. For man, it's a major thing. But for God, it's nothing. So I just lifted my hands towards him and said, be healed in Jesus' name. And I saw his eyes because he was looking at me. First looked like that, and I saw those eyes go like that, straight forward. I began to realize God is alive, Jesus is alive, and He still sits at the right hand of God, the Almighty Father. You know, people don't realize these things. They don't know. They go through life, all the bumps, all the things, this Word is alive. It's living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Maud actually wanted me to explain the various forms of power in the Greek. I'm not going to have the time for that tonight because I want to pray for the people to be blessed. I think you need a blessing on your life. I think this year cannot end without the people getting a good blessing on their lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, some of you here, some of, some of you here have come in here, you've got pain in your body. Other people have got some kind of an ailment or you've got a threat of cancer or you've got a this or a that or the other or you've got arthritis or you, you, you've got problems with your spine, with your back. You know, there came a man into this church and he sat like over there, right there. There's a little lady sitting over there. And uh, he sat there and um, suddenly he said, he said, Pastor, will you pray for me? I said, sure, what's your problem? He was a miner. He worked in the mines. And he fell down a shaft. I don't know how far, but he fell down a shaft. Over some ledge down that shaft. That is, must be a huge experience when that happens to anybody. Well, he was fortunate or blessed enough to survive. But his spine was like so badly damaged, broken, and, and, and there were bones that were just broken and everything else. And so, Dr. Dennis, they got to it. They started working on this man. And uh, eventually, they do pegs. You, you, you do some kind of a pegs. I don't know if they are titanium, whatever pegs. But you put pegs in the bones of people. When you put this whole thing together, they did that to him. 
Then he said, he came and sat in the church. He said, you know, but uh, they put all these pegs in my back, but I got permanent pain. It never goes away. It's typical of that thing. There are too many nerves that have been hurt there. Well, he came forward. We prayed for him. He battled to walk. He battled to be straight. And one time, the Lord touched him. He never had pain again. Never even was aware of those pains. He was completely set free from that situation there. Another woman. She has got to go to the doctor. Erika Kutzer will know this one well. She was, uh, I think her name was Mari or Marie or Maria, but I think she was Mari. And uh, this lady went to a doctor and said, you know what? Uh, I I got a problem because we've been in a motor car accident. She She had a jaw and the cartilages in her jaw. Could not, could not move anymore. They were destroyed because of an accident. So she had to eat through a straw for years. She was like an opera singer, but she couldn't sing now. She was just like, like that. She spoke like that with her, with her mouth almost closed all the time. So she went to a doctor. They were going to do an operation by the Wednesday on her. Now, this happened for 12 years. She was going around like that. But now she'd taken enough courage. And uh, okay, so they took some x-rays. And uh, at lunchtime, this is the days when I worked at the SABC just before I went into the full-time ministry. At lunchtime, uh, here was this, this woman called Amari. I think it was Mari. Erika will know. Um, and uh, here's this woman. And uh, she says, pray for me. Now, they've got x-rays. They've got everything. She said, this is Monday. She said for an operation by Wednesday. Well, I'm just minding my own business. I'm praying as much as I can put in there. Every day, I'm just busy with God. Talk to the Lord. Just did what Frank Lobach did. Just pray. Talk to the Lord. People don't understand. They can criticize, but they don't understand the thing called prayer. When God becomes real to you, you talk to God. You build a living relationship with Him. God is amazing with those things. Amazing as He draws close to you and you feel that power on you. It's just the most stunning, incredible, glorious, I cannot explain it, feeling that you have when the power of God comes on you. Well, I said, it's okay. Don't worry about this. And I just went up towards her jaw like that. And I just innocently just touched her. But when I touched her, the power of the Holy Spirit hit her. She fell back on the ground. And I thought, oh, you know, this, 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 she must have hurt herself or whatever. But she went straight back, but her head was facing forward, so she didn't fall on her, on her mouth and the jawbone, so to speak. And uh, so she got up from the ground, and she went like this. She says, my jaw's loose. And she went, she says, it's loose. I said, well, then God has healed you. I didn't give it another thought. I just walked off. Didn't even think about it anymore. Well, she went straight to the doctor on that Monday because of that. She took the afternoon off from work. She went straight to the doctor. She said to the doctor, look at this. The doctor said, off to the x-rays with you. Oh, yes, something is broken. Well, she came back with the x-rays. The x-ray showed that she had brand new cartilages in her jaw. The Lord had done something there. See, brand new. She could now sing and do anything. The power of God was so real. There was another woman, and uh, she came forward. She says, will you pray for me? 
And uh, actually, I don't want the prayer, but I want my husband to get it because he's got such bad pains in his back. He, you know, he suffers all the time with his pains. So he's now lying flat on a plank. We've got a plank for him. We've got him nicely comfortable. I'll be with him just now, but it's just very bad. He's just suffering very bad. I said, that's no problem. That's no problem at all. I said to this little lady, uh, I said, just hold out, hold out your hands. The power of God's going to come into your hands now. She held out her hands. Then the next thing, it was like somebody that touched the hot iron. She went like that immediately. And she was like that. She would wipe her hands and, and, and rub them together like that. She went off. And she went to her husband that afternoon after work at about five o'clock. She got to him. She went straight to him with his hands burning. And uh, there was an impartation. She put her hands on him. It's like those shock machines that they have when people have a heart, heart, that heart shock machine that gets the heart to beat again. Boom! He was hopping on the table and he came off. Nothing wrong with him. He was healed straight away. The power of God makes a big difference in our lives. Give the Lord a praise offering. Can you say amen? Amen. It's not like you would say cheap and easy. You have to pray. You've got to work on your relationship. You've got to work on how you are with God. Now, prayer has got that thing that pulls you into the presence of God. You cannot be a strong prayer warrior and walk with a bunch full of sin or with a bunch of sin in your life or bucket, but whatever amount of sin in your life. The prayer takes you to the place that you want to have an answer if you're going to spend that time. But to get that answer, you've got to make some repentance. So prayer takes you to a place where you are pure in the sight of God. Now there's an impartation that takes place. That impartation is so huge that people, ah, oh, it happened to me many, many times. I just done a piece of fasting there a couple of days that I've, I've been fasting. And uh, I was in the Bible school and there was a woman at the back and she said, come pray for me. She actually came forward and says, pray for me. And uh, I, I was minding my own business. I didn't think anything, but okay. So I put my hands on her. She screamed out. The fire of God hit her. She ran to the back. She was completely healed. Completely healed. People must understand that God is willing. God is ready. If you go to the effort of developing a proper prayer life, God can use you, not only empower you tonight, but bless you for the rest of your life. You'll always want it back. You'll always want more because it's just that great. It's just that wonderful. Now you begin to realize why people suffer the way they suffer. Why it is that people go and uh, they leave this world. They leave and there's nothing but a patch of lawn and maybe a cross. That's it. There's no legacy. Soon forgotten. But in the kingdom of God, nobody's ever forgotten. Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I'll say that again. Jesus loves you. This I know. Because the Bible tells me so. Give Jesus a praise offering right now. Amen. And if you serve the Lord, you've got to serve the Lord full house. And it's not because you're in the full-time ministry. I was not in the full-time ministry those days. Like I said, I get into the lift with another man there and... Uh, he, uh, you know, I, I just, I just, that lunchtime, 
I was talking, I was the, the chairman of the SABC Christian Society in those days, many years ago. And uh, so I would lead them in prayer and whatnot. And uh, on the way back to the office, I get into the lift, there's a man. And as, as I walk into that lift, obviously the presence of God comes down. This guy, the big tall man, he must be about six foot three, four plus. And he said, he immediately began repenting. He started confessing sins to me. Now I was not a minister, but somebody came to me and said, Pastor, you are like a pastor to us. You're, 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 you're going to be a minister. There's no way about it. They would confess their sins just straight away. Just need to let it out. Let it leave your life. No more doubting. No more doubting. No more doubting. Only believing. You see, it's the difference between being healed or remaining sick. Can you say amen? Being healed or remaining sick. Just like that. I'll close with a story which I've told before, but I don't think everybody's heard that one. And I went into a church. Now there were, at this thing called the Quinonia, there was Dr. Hannes Jonker, there was Dr. Muller, Dr. Francois Muller, his son, Dr. Besaidnote, all the people that were doctorates together from the AFM Theological College came together. They had a thing called Quinonia. And this Quinonia, if I speak it slowly like that, Quinonia, it means joint sharing or fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He was a pastoral psychologist and he wanted me to study on in university to go and do the same thing. I said, no, that's not my calling. Man, that man all the time was on to me for that situation. But I said, Harold, I see God's using you. So if God's using you, I pray that, uh, you, you know, will you, will you come and just sit in when of my patients that I've been counseling and I can't find out what is wrong. Will you come along? I said, sure, I'll come along. So I arrived there. I'm a first year in the AFM Theological College. And uh, it's the first quarter of the first year. And here all the people are doctorates. Now, we perfectly know they've been studying. Dr. Muller twice had his doctorate. And they were all now there. And they were all really, Dr. Isaac Berger sat right behind me and Maud. And... Uh, we, we actually friends to this very day. And uh, we, we, we sat there, Maud and I, and I would look at the people. I would see a vision appear above somebody's head. That's a problem. And I would say, that is your problem. Now, I'm, not, I'm just cutting those stories out because they are many of those. But there was once I go into, they'd chosen that night to go to the AFM Universiteitsgemeente. It's up the hill here on the main road, up towards Brixton. And uh, there are all these guys sitting around. I come into the church and I've been praying all day long because now I'm going to be with these guys. I thought, well, Lord, if you're going to use me to pray for anybody that's sick or to impart some blessing, then I better get prayed up. So I prayed up. And uh, as I pray up, I go and I walk in there. I'm prayed up like I am now. I walk in there and um, looking at the back of the church, that particular church, above the pulpit, to the left of where you have the pulpit in the air. Here I see this, this, this figure that hangs in the air, very ominous, with a long cloak like the monks in the, in the Middle Ages, and a hood over his head and a sharp-pointed face, with a skeleton-like features. His eyes were like these dirty, orangey, flaming flames, like, like a cat's eyes. And I looked at this, I said, Mom, look at that. She'll remember it like yesterday. Look at that. 
She didn't see it. I could see straight into the spiritual dimension. The Lord had enabled me to do that. I looked at that. I said, there's the devil here tonight. And uh, she, uh, you know, I said, are you sure you can't see it? I closed my eyes. I still see it. I put my hand, another hand, on before my face. I still see there it is. Same character is there. And there's this, this heavy atmosphere in that church that night. I thought to myself, my goodness, now I get, I'm not scared at all, not whatsoever. But I find myself now, I feel the power of God's coming on me and I start shaking and I pinch my legs like backwards under the, the chairs, those wooden chairs, to catch myself just to sit still, not to attract attention because I can see. My eyes are open now. And so I hear more bumping me. She says, Dr. Yonker is calling you. You must go and pray for that patient of his. I said, okay, while I come forward, I'll pray for that patient. So I went to the front. And now when I looked up, he's gone. I go to the patient sitting there with cancer. That man with the cancer, he's got stomach cancer. He is like, you would say, anorexic completely. I mean, his skin is tight on his body. He's thin as you get them. And uh, he's weighing not very much. And he's weeping and he's sitting there, he's powerless. And I see behind him, directly behind him, here stands the same creature. Like he's coming to take his life. Now I can see it and I realize nobody in the church can see that. I realize this is it, I got to do something about this. So I stood there at the top of my voice. I've told the story before, but excuse me if I go a little bit loud here because I need to go loud just to give you an idea. They were all very stately. They were all the educated ones. They're sitting behind me. I'm not seeing them. I'm seeing straight in the spirit what's ahead of me and what's right behind this man. He's sitting in front of me, the man. I say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, go and return to this man no more. The power of God hit him. I never, ever seen such a bewilderment as I saw at that moment in time. It was actually quite amazing. I've seen it more than once. It's amazing, the power of the name of Jesus. I said, the power of the name of Jesus. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Well, the pains left him and he was healed from cancer. But now there was something with this. About six months later, now there's not a trace of cancer in his body. Six months later, um, he dies. And I thought, now what now? Is the cancer back again? They did uh, uh, like an autopsy, whatever it was, a procedure, medical procedure, to see what is it that killed him. He had burst a vein somewhere on the inside of him. And the, the blood was leaking out into his body. And he was actually bleeding to death. Then I thought, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, what is this? And very clearly, I was led by the Holy Spirit at that time. When you pray for somebody with a terminal disease, make sure that you bind the spirit of death and you send the spirit of death away from him because the devil will try to make a comeback. And he did and the man died. That was like six, six months later, whatever the period of time, some time now. But he was completely healed. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. This word is as alive as all of us put together can't realize that the whole world doesn't realize. That's why I put that image, I see they haven't put it on the, on the back screen there, the image of a Bible that's not here tonight. Is it there now? No, it's not there now. But I put an image there of a Bible that is slightly open and you see the glory of God. I actually had that in a vision. 
you see the glory of God coming out of that Bible. Now, here you are tonight. Some of you have had bumps this year. Some of you have gone through what is normally called COVID. And other people have gone through other diseases. Some of you have suffered, and maybe there's been cancer or cancer threat. I don't care about all of those things. I don't call it by name. I call it in the name of Jesus, null and void. I call out the name of Jesus, and we lose the power of God unto the healing of that person. For the punishment of our peace was upon Jesus, and by his stripes we are healed. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, dear friends, I don't care. We've all gone through a difficult time, I suppose, in this past period of time with COVID and with all the lockdowns. And then we have the, the blackouts that we have no electricity. Then there was the water outs. Heard about that one? Have you heard about that one? And then all sorts of other problems. People have gone through battles. But I want to tell you something. When the power of God comes upon you, God opens doors. He blesses you. He gives you wisdom. He gives you insight. He gives you foresight. He's with you. He gives you boldness. He gives you inner strength. And you want to talk about Jesus Christ. People won't understand that. They don't understand it. But you want to talk about Jesus. How many of you want to talk about Jesus? There's an old Pentecostal song that says, just talk about Jesus. Do you know that one, Yanni? Who knows that song? Well, I hope there's some of you that know it. Just talk about Jesus. And so, you know, once you found out, you've discovered the treasure of all treasures, namely the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, you will always want to talk about Him. And there will always be people who say, hmm, but you feel sorry for them. I actually feel very sorry for people because I realize that their eyes better open up because the end is near and the Lord is coming. And the, the Bible talks about the beast, the Antichrist. We all hear about Armageddon. We don't need the help of Hollywood or shall I say Hollywood. We don't need that stuff. We need the Bible tells us straight what's coming now over the earth. And you today, as you are here tonight, all you need is the blessing of the Lord upon your life. Now, maybe you've come into this place. Maybe there's a pain in your body. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's a struggle that you've got some part of your body. Doesn't really matter to me. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, maybe there is another problem in your life, an addiction. Maybe there's bad habits in your life. Maybe there's something that you're struggling with. Maybe there is, you know, what I find also is that there's the occurrence of people that cannot have children. That's an amazing thing to me, but it happens. It happened in the Bible, it still happens. People want children. And uh, you need that, that barrenness, the curse of barrenness broken on your life. Then we do that. We pray for the people. I just pass the people and lay hands on you and then I move on. So then, of course, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Apart from being a witness for Jesus, the Bible talks about the fruit of righteousness. You become fruitful in the kingdom of God. You become willing. You become obedient. You want to participate. You want to give to get the kingdom of God. Empowered to go on and to establish the kingdom of God in all the earth. You discover a thing called righteousness. You discover integrity as it really should be. The fullness thereof. You discover the fear of the Lord. Very important, the fear of the Lord. You discover a lot of things. You go on a journey like it is unbelievable. All you have to do tonight is make one commitment, and that is that you will pray. How many of you say tonight you will also pray?
How many of you say you'll also pray for the power of God in your life? How many of you can say tonight, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me with your glory and with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to pray for the people now, but before I pray, just this. I want everybody to bow your heads. Nobody look around. I'm going to pray for everybody who wants me to pray for them. I'll pray for you. But before I do that, if you're coming to this place and you have never in your life made a proper commitment to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, then you will be saved. But you've got to do it. I can't do it for you. If you tonight have come into this place and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life properly, I will help you with that prayer. I will pray for you. We'll give you priority. And I think the church of people that are saved will agree with me. You are a VIP. You're very important. God loves you. God wants to save you. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. God wants to empower you. God wants to bless you. You'll be in health even as your soul prospers. So if you've come into this place and you say, Pastor, I've never done that. You say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want the pastor to pray for me. Or you say, I've been in church. Then I drifted away. I knew I shouldn't have done that. But now tonight I'm confronted with a living word. As the Bible says, it lives and abides forever. Now I'm confronted with that. Pastor, I'm saying to you, please pray for me. I want to make a comeback to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. These things I told you about, it's the works that the Lord did. And it's His glory. And it's to His glory and nobody else. Because we pray and God does the work. He gets the glory. Tonight I say to you, you want to make a comeback to Jesus. Or you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Very simple. I can pray for you. I will help you. You can go out of this, this place. The most important event of your life. Your name gets written in the book of life of the Lamb of God. You want your name registered in heaven. If you die tonight without Jesus, it's eternal calamity. It's disaster. It is suffering eternal. It's called the second death that, that follows. The eternal lake of fire and brimstone. You don't want to go to hell. You want to come to Jesus. And you say tonight, Pastor, I want to say to you, I want you to pray for me. Pastor, I just feel I need to make right with God. Would you raise your hands? I'll pray for you quickly. Wherever you are, just while every head is bowed, nobody looking around right now. I see hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. Just raise your hands. I'll pray for you. Wherever you are, just raise your hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Are there more hands going up right now? Don't hesitate because you know what? There's another hand going up. God bless you too. It's wonderful. I see that lady at the back there and there are two more people on that side. God bless you and God bless you. You know what? It's like this. You walk out of an opportunity like this. You don't want to walk out of an opportunity like this. There was a day in my life I was confronted with the same. I chose Jesus and the road was glorious on the way forward. It was the most amazing change. Never, no more fear, no more worrying, no more concerns. Because now if you pray, 
God's in command. You've come here tonight and you say, I want to make a proper commitment to Jesus Christ. I'm not just breathing and consuming oxygen. I belong to the Lord. He created me in His image and in His likeness. Now, Jesus, Lord, please save my soul. I don't want to go into eternal damnation. I want to be saved and go to heaven and go to be with you if I should leave this life. Life is short. This is me. Pastor Harold, pray for me. I'll pray for you. If you haven't raised your hands, just do it right now. Just do that right now. Stick that hand for my father. Hope as I know iemand is. God bless you. I see a hand over there. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. I see a hand. I see a hand over there. There's another hand on that side. Yes, I see those hands. Now I'm going to tell you now. What I want you to do is wherever you are, because you spread out. I want to ask you: Would you stand up for me that I can see you? Alle mensen wat daar opgesteek het staan op. If you raise your hands, stand. You raise your hands, then please stand wherever you are. Just stand. Right. Now those people standing, all of you that raise your hands, stand. Don't let the devil keep you in that chair. Look at me now, all those people that, have, that are standing up. Kijk vir my, allemaal van julle. Would you please, I want to pray right here for you. Come to me. Tonight you are the first person to be prayed for. Come forward and I want to bless you. Come right now. Just come forward. That's right. Come stand in the front here. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Baruch Adah Adonai. Adonai Elohim Tsevaot. Blessed be the Lord God of hosts. The Lord God of heaven's armies. And tonight I'm giving my life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is just an incredible time for you in your personal life. This is the best time that you've gone through. And God turns things around. You'll turn things around in your life. You must know it's going to happen. Just make sure, all of you in the front, that you get yourself a Bible, okay? And start reading the Bible, okay? Just read through it and pray every day. Start building a relationship with the Lord. Would you all raise your hands to the Lord in the front and the rest of you stretch out your hands towards them. Just say this after me. Raise your hands and say, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and His Lordship over my life. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore I am saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I repent of sin. I give my life to Jesus. This night I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Please write my name in the book of life of the Lamb of God. Forgive me everything I've done. Fill me with Holy Spirit. This night, I declare, I'm a believer saved by the grace of God, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe I am saved. Give the Lord a praise. I forgive everybody right now. Amen.